0: Good afternoon everyone, uh, it's very good to see such a packed room for uh, our first seminar of this term, it's obviously a, a really uh, key topic and a key speaker, so um, very good to see you all and I'm uh, delighted to kick us off this term uh, that we've got uh, Rima Marouche who's come to speak to us, Rima is a former fellow at the Reuters Institute from I think three years ago, yep. is that right? She's now a freelance journalist working for uh, Reuters, the BBC, Al Jazeera, CBS, uh, amongst uh, a number of other uh, major news organizations. Uh, and her topic today, as you know, is going to be about uh, media polarization in uh, the coverage of Syria. So, yes, you know, thank it you. you. It's good to be back. Um, I came to Oxford after three years of covering Syria, um, you, after assignments in Idlib, Hama, Aleppo. So it felt like a sanatorium and a much needed breather. <laughs> so um, in the beginning, I would wake up in the morning and think, what, how is the electricity goes off today? You know, Because in Lebanon, we have it every three hours. And then I would realize, no, I'm in yeah. Oxford. There is like 24 hours electricity, water, high speed Internet. Um it felt awkward. I still miss Beirut. Yeah. Um but um yeah it's good to be back. Uh, so syria Um I will be honest. Um I will be as much as I can. <laughs> but um after, so this is recorded, but after that there will be a QA question and answer. Yeah, so presentation yeah. on the record about yeah. discussion off the record. Yeah, so yeah. then I can be even more honest. Um so six years into the conflict in Syria, um Syrians still has we haven't seen an emerging media outlet that would be independent, that would gain the trust of a wide um range of the population, no matter what their um, political affiliations or divisions are. Um I think as Syrian journalists um, so far, we have failed. Um, you know, when you want to see um, news from the U.S. or from the U.K., you go to um, U.S. media outlets, or you go to the Guardian or the Independent. Um, in Lebanon, you go to the English-speaking Daily Star, or, or you know, media outlets that are affiliated with political parties. Um, in Syria, so far, um, I think we haven't seen such a media outlet, um, so far. Um, there, is a, there is a group I'm going to talk about, um, they are called Weedle, um and they are a bunch of um, researchers, digital marketing people, and data collectors. Um, uh, I, I, I did not participate in this study, so I just thought it's interesting. So basically they found out. They did a, a study that was published in December 2016 and um, they've noticed that since the uprising in 2011, 600 Syrian media outlets were established, uh, but over the last two years over 200 outlets have ceased pro- broadcasting. and. Um, They also noticed, and I have to agree, that in the absence of credible coverage from established Syrian media outlets, Syrians often go to social media for information. Um, Mark Lynch, who's a professor and one of the best known Syrian experts, um, he's a professor at George Washington University, he says Syria has been the most socially mediated civil conflict in history. If the invasion of Iraq of uh, Iraq on Kuwait was one of the most televised conflicts. I think Syrian conflict is one of the conflicts that been heavily mediated via social media. And Syrians like Facebook. You know, in the Gulf, um, in the Arab Gulf countries, Snapchat is popular, Twitter is very popular in Bahrain, but for some reason that probably would require another research or a PhD degree that I don't have Syrians like, Facebook, Um, and basically um, um, there is, um, everyone has a Facebook page in Syria, Uh, if you are a political party, um, militia, uh, you know, for everything there is um, a Facebook group, and I will talk about these groups um, later on. The division is still very clear between pro-government and pro-opposition outlets, um, and, um, but I want to talk about a glimpse of hope in all of this. Um, So um, it's, um, you might know this person. Um, His name is Abdul Qadir Haba. He's a Syrian photographer and a cameraman. Um, He was displaced by the Syrian army from Aleppo. Right now, he covers the unfolding events in um, the northern rebel-controlled areas. And on April 16th, that photo was taken uh, when he's basically providing help for um, a a Shia child. Um, uh, I I picked this video for seven seven reasons. Uh, Basically, um, what maybe this video does not explain very well is that the photo was taken when there was an evacuation going on. There was a deal between rebels and and government to evacuate um, Shia villages. One of the most famous one is Fu'a, and it was happening in in a neighborhood in Aleppo, uh, Al-Rashidin, so there was supposed to be a, uh, you know, the, the Sunni population for Damascus countryside was supposed to be exchanged for the, you know, Shia population, and I hate myself that I'm so sectarian, you know, uh, but this is the reality on the ground. But um, Abdul Adir, and when the suicide bomb happened, and Abdul Adir you know, acted like a human being and, and across divides just you know, did what he has to do and he continues doing that. And there are many people like Abdel Adir. But um, there are several interesting things about this video. I think it, it shows not only, it talks about journalism at large. Um, first, it was uh, shared on Facebook by Syrians, the photo only. It was shared on Syrian groups. Um, then I've noticed that other people, not not only Arabic speakers started sharing it, and it was picked up by CNN first. Um, they did a short video, and then BBC and other media outlets. The fact that it's a video, it's not surprising. According to Cisco IT and networking company, 78% of the world's mobile data trafficking by two, 2021 will be videos so you know this is the way we're consuming and and that's what i work on a video desk so probably i'm not being objective but um you know we we put a lot of um, details into videos so um so this story um was you know circulated and picked up and um and um and if you see the video, um, there is something. Oh, oops, I. If if you would see in the corner, there was an AMC sign, Aleppo Media Center. Um, uh, wait, let me find it again. Um, so basically, um, we rely heavily um, on amateur videos, right? Um, taken from YouTube, and um, so. Part of this video was the way it was constructed. So, but you have to trust me, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when um, when the, there was a, a, um, a logo, uh, AMC, and, and a it's Aleppo Media Center, you had also other logos in the beginning. Um, what well, was interesting for me when I joined Reuters Video News, um, and I tried to find an example of that, is that... Um, maybe not every day right now, but every second day or once a week, um, Reuters produce something called Syrian Amvid, which is a wrap-up of all the videos. So let's say um, a suicide bomb happened in Ar-Rashidin in Aleppo. Um, the journalists and producers, it starts in Beirut office, scrolling through YouTube, finding videos from that day, trying to verify it. Uh, speaking to the group that posted it. And then um, what is produced from London is two, minutes video, basically with a wrap-up of of events. It's all based on Amvids, you know, amateur videos, and and then it's usually picked up by big stations. And um, um, so it was really interesting to see how, you know, YouTube was elevated um, um, in major news agency. Um, okay, so now I'm going to just move to the Facebook groups that shared the story of Abdul Qadir and, um, and many, many others. So, um, the first group that I want to talk about is called Instant Reporting Group. Um, it's, um, it's a group of, it's mostly for Arabic speakers, but for me it's really interesting the way um, information is being circulated and verified. So usually what happens is that an admin or, or someone posts uh, news. So this is there is an ongoing battle um, in <coughs> the north um, close to Raqqa. Raqqa is one of the main strongholds of the Islamic State. And Tabaka is the, the gateway to Raqqa. If people take over Tabaka, they can have easy access to Raqqa. So basically um, someone posts you know um, so the 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 text says um, um, clashes um, uh, sporadic. sporadical clashes thank you uh, in uh, the proximity of the uh, resort airport uh, and uh, the regime uh, is showing nine bodies in um, belonging to the Islamic State, um, you know, um, here and here it says a map is clarifying the advancement of the Syrian Democratic Forces in Tabaka city, okay? And then what happens is that people start commenting, right? Um, so, for example, here, um, this guy is really good, actually, Mazen Hassoun, he... He's from Raqqa, he lives now in Europe, uh, but he, um, they have a website called Raqqa Editors, and they follow it quite closely. So he says 17 um, uh, killed martyrs um, um, is the outcome of the coalition targeting a civilian car uh, family. It was a family that was escaping uh, Tabaka. So, for me, um, this group has been really useful in breaking news situations. Um, and not only breaking news, just, you know, when I want to look into something that is happening in Syria, I usually go to this group and, you know, I see who's posting more, m- most details or who seems, you know, know what he's talking about. And what usually happens is that I contact this person. And so, for example, um, When the first clashes around Tabaka happened, I, uh, this is how I actually started, you know, I met Mazin and I looked deeper into like, you know, what he does. So it's a short video explaining um, the strategic um, importance of Tabaka. Um, So the below was taking Amvids from from Tabaka, then it was Mazin explaining that, you know, Tabaka is the largest city, after Raqqa and it is the gateway and so basically his clip was aired on BBC Arabic as part of the bulletin but I also decided just to do a short 59 seconds video for also social media platforms explaining tabaqa. So um, for Arabic speakers I say join this group for non-Arabic speakers. I don't know, <laughs> <what's doing. laughs> yeah. But um, maybe talk to someone who can, you know, just team up. Teaming up is always a good idea. So another group that I like, um, <coughs> but not as much as um, IRT, is Tahrir Suri, which means um, Syrian Liberation, and it also works, you know, um, in a similar um, in a similar um, manner. But what is actually interesting for me to see in these groups that it's not only pro-opposition or pro-government you know type of information or they're actually saying you know a pro-government source and giving the information and there are more and more people joining these groups who are actually pro-government you know who so it's really that's why i say there is hope you know because people have a hunger for like solid information they want to know what's happening um and as i said um you know for syrians there is a group for everything um so this group um was when when people were leaving turkey shores by boat um this group was helping them basically navigate the sea um and it was very interesting it's you know it has that um it has a lot of members as you could see um And it was really interesting for me to see that group and I even wrote uh, a blog about it because um, they would do sea reports, you know, Um, they would prepare um, using uh, weather apps, they would, you know, say how large, how high are the waves, what is the wind, you know. Um, They would also, uh, it's a group of volunteers, they track, so if, sorry, this should be reversed. So if someone is leaving the shore, he usually sends a a Google, you know, the location, and and the group of volunteers follows them. If anything happens, and many times, you know, the engine stops working, they inform the Italian or Turkish or Greek um, um, coastal guards. So but what is interesting for me to see now is that you know this group has evolved to another group which is called um shantatin for luju so so the title they are called like the bus station for wanderers or I mean it's difficult to translate karajaatun yeah. shantatin but but so there is a second group now that helps you with finding a house in Germany you know with settling down Gives you information where you can sign up for a language course, so it's interesting for me to see how these groups are evolving. You know, as Syrians need differ. You know, um, so you you safely arrive. Then what next? You know, um, so this um, this is interesting to to see. Um, yeah, and as far as um, you know, um, oh, this is the the research that I mentioned to you. Um, um, that was done by that group. And, um, no, this is not very clear huh? on. So, uh, so basically what they did is um, there is something called Alexa Index. Um, I didn't know about that until I started preparing for this presentation. <laughs> so um, basically it's, um, for people who don't know, it's Alexa is a company um, that used to be privately owned in 1999, was bought by Amazon. They basically measure the web traffic on 30 million websites. Um, so the the only six websites that made it to the Syrian websites, who made it to that index, sorry, it's not very clear, but it's Orient TV, which is a um, pro-opposition group. There is Zaman al pro-opposition, Axisir, pro-opposition. Um, Sham Times pro-government, Syrian Arab News Agency pro-government, and Syria now pro-government. So you can see the division is like, you know, equal, like three pro-government, three um, um, pro-revolution. There are 17 Syrian websites who made it to the Google News Index. um, So they are used as aggregators um, when you search in Arabic. I picked top five. Access Syrian news agency All for Syria, Syrian News, and Aynab Baladi. Sorry, top five, um, and the same. It's very divided, pro-government, pro-opposition. Um, this is the Syrian news agency website. So if you are, you know, you want to check what the Syrian government is saying about something, that's um, useful to know. And I was, you know, like basically their headlines recently is this: army restores stability to a number of towns, and then they put a various. Uh, districts, you know, Hama, uh, Idlib, so that's basically the general narrative that has been now going on. Um, There is no mention of 11 million people displaced, Uh, there is no mention of um, a Syrian government two days ago announcing that you can't renew your passport in several um, Syrian embassies abroad. Um, sir, I mean passports are a real problem for Syrians, so it was also widely shared on social media, it was shared by pro-government groups, um, here is the news about the passports, you know. So, I mean, it's just, my, my problem is that it's a bit, the Syrian news agency is a bit detached from reality, you know. Um, but that's, um, so, and this basically goes as well on their news bulletins, so he says, we control all the territories up until the hospital. Al-Ikhbariya News has the same narrative right now, you know, the army regaining. No one is mentioning suicide bombs in government-controlled areas. No one is mentioning the amount of casualties, you know. Um, in the beginning of the uprising, we would, uh, there was a slogan said, um, Suriya Bkhair you know that was the answer the government and Syria is fine you know and so we are back to that everything is fine also if you want to torture yourself you can go to the Instagram account of our first lady Asma Mm al-Assad also a very good look into you know um, meeting with um, with I mean sometimes it's just I don't know even why I do this Um, it 's yeah, some form of mental self harm but um, she basically meets with a mother of three who lost her kids as soldiers to the in the in the conflict and um, you know kind of boasting about it that this mother is ready to le- lose her fourth child as well and so um, i'm uh, let me just take a look at my notes that I said everything that I want to say, and I think um, I can start. Taking questions. Um, yeah, basically, what I just want to say that still, there are no alternatives as part of, you know, the the Facebook groups maybe. And also, you know, this research group looked also into radio stations. There is approximately 67 radio station broadcasting in Syria, 42 of which were established after 2011. And sadly, they found out that the the relative strength of radios um, is when they are backed by militia, or supported by some form of political party. You know that um, in Syria right now, even militias have radio stations. Um, um, so um, Islamic State has one as well. Al Bayan. Um, um, they basically. Um, attacked uh, a radio station of Anna. Um, It was a group of activists who had a radio station in Raqqa (coughs) and took all their equipment and started using it to broadcast their own. Um, uh, Jabhat Fath al-Sham, the former Jabhat al-Nusra, also have, they have their own radio station, Duaat al-Jihad. So um, yeah, it's interesting to see that they're so committed into media. Um, and, yeah, I think I said everything, um, yeah, and I'm ready to take questions. Okay, thank, thank you very you. much